It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 9th, 2019. My name is Phil Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to do our review of the Magic's first quarter of the season. They're obviously 11-11. They were 10-11 and through the first 21 games. So we'll talk a little bit about what the Magic were able to do in this first quarter, who stood out, and what lies ahead for the Orlando Magic in the next 20 or so games. We'll close out today's episode talking a little bit about Monday night's matchup against the Milwaukee Bucks. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast, you're covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail. There's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you could only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Milwaukee Bucks? Check out Locked On Bucks. Want to look ahead to Wednesday's game against the Los Angeles Lakers? Check out Locked On Lakers. Plus, we have great national podcasts, Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Rejecting the Screen, and the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast. You can find all these great podcasts wherever you download podcasts. Plus, check out our other great podcasts in the NFL, MLB, college, and NHL too. No matter who your team is, who your favorite team is, who your second favorite team is, the team you love to hate, or anything in between, there's a Locked On podcast to serve you. Check them all out today wherever you download podcasts, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. It's it's safe to say that the first quarter of the Magic season didn't go quite as planned. I think coming into the year, we all thought, and I'm sure I, th- I think a lot of people thought, that the fact that the Magic had continuity from last year's team, a team that finished the season 22-9 to make the playoffs, that that would carry over somehow and enable the Magic to get a jump start on everyone. While a lot of teams would be figuring each other out, the Magic would be able to kind of get back into old routines and old habits and hit the ground running and stake themselves a little bit of a lead. I think I remember saying when the schedule came out, those first 17 games, the Magic had to be above 500 for what was to come in December and January, which we're about to go through right now. But they, the schedule set up for them to get off to a fast start. So in that sense, yes, the, the Magic's first quarter of the season, again, they're 11-11 now, they were 10-11 and through the first 21 games, was a bit disappointing. Granted, the Magic are exactly where they want to be in some respects. The Magic are still capable of achieving all their goals, of taking that next step, uh, of taking that step and getting back to the playoffs. They're sitting eighth in the East, and as we talk today, they are two and a half games up on the Detroit Pistons for eighth. A small lead, but a lead nonetheless. A, 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 a lead with a little bit of margin, and frankly, the way the East has shaken out, the Magic have been able to take their pitfalls. 
Now, granted, part of the Magic's problem is we haven't really seen them get into a rhythm yet. And just as they were getting into a rhythm and kind of finding themselves, they suffered the big injury to Nikola Vucevic. And they had to refigure things out all over again, which, thanks to a four-game stretch against some of the worst teams in the league, they've been able to. It's a little bit of confidence now heading into the gauntlet of the December-January schedule. That is, the Magic have been up and down all quarter long. It hasn't been the smooth ride that we all predicted. It hasn't been you snap your fingers and you're back to what you were doing in April and March. Steve Clifford warned about this. You know, he, he said repeatedly during training camp, you know, continuity is only as much as we make of it. And every year is different. You treat every team differently. You start from scratch. And, you know, he probably did some tinkering and probably did a little too much tinkering to try and figure out how to get this team to get to that next level. And, you know, maybe those first ideas didn't pan out, kept some of, kept some of what was working and has moved on to the next idea. And it's tough. Clifford, I remember saying, the Magic didn't have the training camp they wanted. It wasn't as good as they hoped. Some of it due to injury. Aaron Gordon missed time. Terrence Ross missed time. Nikola Vucevic missed time. And the Magic have enough veteran players that they could trust that they would get themselves right. And, I, you know, I still largely believe that. Vucevic came out of the gate slow and needed time to get himself right. And he got himself right right before that injury. He was, he was Eastern Conference Player of the Week the, the week before he, he suffered the injury. Aaron Gordon has started to get himself right again. He's still kind of struggling a little bit, but he started to, to get himself going. And again, his ankle sprain slowed him down a little bit too. So the Magic have had these starts and stops. They've changed the starting lineup. They've they've found a little bit of a defensive identity. We could score. So then they focused on scoring and their defense slipped a little bit. And, you know, it just it's all this this push and pull, tug and tug and pull. And through it all. One player has remained consistent. One player has delivered for the Magic every almost, almost every single night. When I sat down to think about who the MVP of the first quarter of the season was, it would have been easy to go with the, the highlight with the highlight guys. Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac are as big a, big a piece of this team's future as anyone on the roster. Those two guys have, you know, if, if the Magic stay at 500 and get the eighth seed in the East, which feels like it would be a step back, even if that happened, the development of Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz this year makes it all worth it. Because ultimately, you want a path forward. You want a way to get better in the future. And the way Isaac has emerged this year defensively as a defensive player of the year candidate, as a defensive all-defensive team candidate, and the way Marco Fultz has emerged as a quality starter, to me, that is all a sign that this team is growing and getting better, even if their record maybe takes a step back. So those two players deserve special, special shout-outs because they have been as much a part of keeping this team afloat through all the struggles they've had through the first quarter of the season as anyone else. Fultz is still a little inconsistent. He's 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 a he's a high level rookie. He's playing like he's the number one, like essentially that he's the number one pick in the draft. He has these really big games, and then he has some kind of pedestrian games. But considering everything that he's gone through, the pedestrian games still feel very fine. 
Jonathan Isaac, on the other hand, has been just a monster defensively. The Magic have a rim protector again, and Isaac would be in line to be the first wing player to lead the league in block shots since Andre Karolenko, I believe, in 2005. It's been a long time. It's a rare thing what Jonathan Isaac's doing. And so as you watch him block shots and, and defend, the, defend the lane as a essentially a perimeter player, really appreciate what we're watching. It, it does not happen very often. And he's been a terror defensively in passing lanes. He's been solid individually, although I still think he could improve there. And his offensive game has started to slowly come around. Still has games where he's a little bit invisible, and he's he's starting to, to, try, to try and assert himself a little bit more with mixed results. But all the pieces are there for Isaac to continue growing. So again, if the first quarter of the season proved anything at all, is that the Magic do indeed have a future with Isaac and Fultz as part of the puzzle. And again, I think that's a good thing. I think that is a good sign for this team. But all of that wouldn't guarantee wins for this team. What has is Evan Fournier. And for that reason, he is our first quarter MVP. He has been the best player, the most consistent player for the Orlando Magic through the first quarter of the season. Someone they can rely on night in and night out. And I often say this about the NBA, about the NBA regular season. The NBA is full of fantastic players. And even the bad teams can beat you on any night. What differentiates the good teams from the bad teams, the good players from the bad players, is what they're able to do every single night. The NBA playoffs are about individual players making plays. Yes, and and I think that's where the Magic struggled. That's where the Magic struggled last year. The regular season is about consistency and getting through the daily grind. It's about what can you deliver on your worst day and still get wins. And to be frank, without Evan Fournier, the Magic would be in big trouble. Through the first quarter of the season, Evan Fournier averaged 19.8 points per game shooting a career-best 44.6% three-point shooting, all while maintaining about 3.3 assists per game, a little bit less than what he was averaging last year. He's been a more efficient shooter. He's been a more efficient driver. He's been a pretty good playmaker. He's He's delivered all the things that the Magic really needed from him last year. If the Magic had... This Evan Fournier, maybe not on the ball as much, but if the Magic had Evan Fournier shooting 40% from three last year, certainly in the playoffs, they would have won game one of the games. The Raptors were waiting for Evan Fournier to beat them, and he never did. Fournier has always been the Magic's best three-point shooter. All due respect to DJ Augustine last year. And last year, this three-point shot kind of betrayed him. It was an odd year. It was his worst three-point shooting season since he joined the Magic. Every other part of his game improved. Defensively, he was better. He was a better playmaker. He kind of understood his role and and fit in. But of course, that's not what was in the cards this year. Yes, Fournier was producing points and scoring consistently before the injuries, and he was hitting shots and doing all the things the Magic need him to do. But since Nikola Vucevic's injury, he has taken his game to another level. With precious few consistent offensive options, the Magic have put the ball in Fournier's hands. 
And he's looked like the player, frankly, that was an all-World Cup team member during the summer when he led France to the bronze medal. And I mean led France to the bronze medal. There he had the ball in his hands. He was working pick and rolls. He was working his shot. And he was he had to do it all for his team. Without Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier had to do it all. And the, in the first seven games without Nikola Vucevic, so this does not include Friday's game, Fournier averaged 25.1 points per game, still shooting 50% from the floor, even on a 27.5% usage rate. It feels like no matter what, Fournier is taking good shots, taking efficient shots, and still putting up killer numbers. Now, the criticisms of Fournier are, are all still there. He does sometimes get a little bit a little bit of tunnel vision. He is a scorer first, and so his passing isn't always the best. I still think he needs more time, especially now, working off the ball so he can get his spot-up shots, which he is a killer spot-up shooter, especially from that left corner. And, and, and I think the Magic need to make sure they make sure they utilize that. And the way Markel Fultz is playing, I think there's a fair argument that the Magic should turn more of the offense over to him and let him kind of run things a little bit more. But for certain, Evan Fournier has been the key piece for the Orlando Magic. If the team had to nominate an All-Star, the team had to push someone to make the All-Star team, Evan Fournier would be that guy. Without doubt. And without his consistency, without his ability to produce every single night, before and after the Vucevic injury, the Magic would not be sitting at 500. The Magic would not be in the playoff hunt. The Magic season might be sunk. Defenses will begin adjusting to Evan Fournier, and and granted, the five wins the Magic have since the Vucevic injury have not been against the most impressive of opponents. In fact, the Magic, as a team, still only have one win against a team with a record better than 500. That was the Philadelphia 76ers on November 13th. So Orlando's feasted on bad opponents, and Fournier, most of all. You go back and look at that Raptors game a couple weeks ago, around Thanksgiving. The Raptors trapped and blitzed Fournier on screens. They took the ball out of his hands and the rest of the team didn't really know how to handle it. And the offense slowed to an unbearable crawl. The good teams will do that to him. The good teams are going to force the ball out of his hands and force someone else to make a play. And that's going to be where this Magic team is going to sink or swim over the next couple of weeks. But Fournier will still play a very, very important role for this Magic team. And really the question now that we have to ask is just how far this team can go and who this team really is. If you are a Spotify listener, if you want to find out who you really are, use Spotify Wrapped to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and at Locked On Magic on Twitter and we will share and retweet. Again, use that Spotify rap to show us your top Locked On podcast of the year. Send it to us at Locked On Live and Locked at Locked On Magic. It's that time of year, too, when everyone is traveling or running around getting thoughtful gifts for the people that they care about. Think about giving yourself the gift of an Audible membership. 
Now is the best time to do it with a special offer of 53% off your first three months. Access an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and a whole lot more. You can choose three titles every month, one audiobook and two exclusive Audible originals you can't hear anywhere else. Listen on any device, anytime, anywhere with the Audible app. It's great while commuting, at the gym, or during your holiday travels when you just want to get away from everyone else. With Audible, you'll also enjoy easy audiobook exchanges, and your own audiobook library is yours to keep forever, even if you cancel. Right now, for a limited time, you can get three months off Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's more than half off the regular price. Give yourself the gift of listening. For more, go to audible.com slash magic. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, the next 21 games for the Orlando Magic. Next 20 games now, because we're, we're past that point. But the next 20 games for the Orlando Magic will take us to the midpoint of the season. Uh, I remember... Uh, and kind of John, one of John Hollinger's first pieces for The Athletic, and, and of course you can listen to John Hollinger on the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast. He gives great insight on how front offices are thinking uh, and, and how teams actually evaluate each point of the season. I definitely suggest subscribing to the Hollinger and Duncan NBA podcast. I, I found it a really fantastic listen. But something that he wrote earlier this year really stuck with me, and I, and I do find it generally to be true. Teams in the NBA really begin to separate themselves between Halloween and Christmas. In fact, statistically, you find that six or seven of the eight teams in each conference are in playoff position. Maybe not where they ultimately finish, but in the field of eight, so to speak. By about game 40, game 30, somewhere in there, and it's really rare for a team to do what the Magic did last year. Four and a half games out with 31 to go, climbing into the playoffs. It's really rare to see that kind of, kind of play. Now, obviously, if you're 7th or 8th, you're not, you're not feeling great about your playoff positioning, even though you might, be, you might pass that statistical benchmark. But you go look at like 538. You go look at you know, some of those statistical models. And even though the Magic are 500 and sitting in 8th place in the East, already they have like a 75% chance of making the playoffs. So again, no cinch, but the Magic have done their work early to put themselves in position to achieve their goals. Of course, the game isn't played on paper. There are quirks in the schedule. There are injuries that change things. There are teams that just get hot. And so these next 20 games are going to really be the fight for the Magic's life. The next 20 games we're going to find out who this team really is. And honestly, over the next two weeks, we're going to find out a lot about this Magic team with or without Nikola Vucevic. The next 20 or so games, I have jokingly dubbed the gauntlet. Again, it is truly a gauntlet. 
The Magic start tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. They'll play the Milwaukee Bucks again later on in Milwaukee during this stretch. Then they host the Los Angeles Lakers and the Houston Rockets, two of the top teams in the West, before going out West for their first big road trip, taking on the New Orleans Pelicans, the Utah Jazz, the Denver Nuggets, and the Portland Trailblazers. Like I said, the Magic have only one win currently against teams with a record better than 500. Just one win against team with a record than the team currently with a record better than 500. Now, they're 10 and 2 against teams with records below 500. The two losses being to the Detroit Pistons and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the Magic have taken care of their business, but obviously they're not going to win much if they can't beat quality opponents and and that's really the the question mark facing this team is, is can they beat quality opponents? I apologize. The Magic are actually 10-3 and three against uh, teams with losing records. They lost to the Hawks the second game of the season. And so again, this next stretch is going to really determine who the Magic are. We're going to find out just how good their defense is. And it's slipped. And they know it's slipped. And it's something they're trying to reel back in and Friday's game was obviously very encouraging with how they played defense against the Cavaliers, but that's just the Cavaliers. Are they going to be able to slow down Giannis tonight? Are they going to be able to slow down LeBron on Wednesday? Are they going to be able to slow down the Wizards when they play them again? Because they'll finish off with the Wizards by the end of this quarter of the season. There are big challenges ahead. And to me, again, it's all about figuring out who this team is. It's all about figuring out just what this team's identity is going to be. Are they that defensive team? Are they going to be able to make shots and score consistently? Which is, again, I think a huge question at this point, despite the Magic rising a little bit in those rankings. I think they're 24th in offensive rating over, uh, since the last since the scoring splurge. So they're no longer last in most offensive categories, but they're, they're near the bottom. Can Evan Fournier keep up this play? Will someone else step up and help him? When will Nikola Vucevic return? Which I think will be a big storyline of the next 20 or so games. But most importantly for the Orlando Magic is can they stay in the playoff race? Can they keep their pole position? Can they make up ground on the Brooklyn Nets? It is not too early. It's early, but not too early to be staring at those standings. Because frankly, I don't care if the Magic hit 42 wins again this year. They could win 40 games as long as they make the field. I've, I've said this, I think, again and again and again and again. The season is a failure if they don't make the playoffs. I think that is just abundantly clear. This is a playoff team. I don't care what you say about the East. It is a playoff team. And a playoff team is relative to the other teams in the East. The Magic, I feel, are one of the eight best teams in the East and should be in the playoff field. And so nothing, below, nothing beneath that can be deemed a success. Whether the team can take that next step, whether the team can compete for home court advantage, can get out of the first round, those are certainly questions that we should be asking and wondering, but questions that probably don't get resolved until the summer, until we see how this season turns out. Magic could go on another killer run and make that push to get into that 6-5-6 range. We don't know what this team has in store. It's still coming together, and frankly, watching this team come together, there is a confidence and an understanding of what's in this journey that they didn't have last year. Last year, I think, 
if they played the way they're playing now, they they would be struggling. They wouldn't be 500. They, they'd give up some games that maybe they shouldn't. But there is definitely a different poise and maturity about the way this team plays, and I think it has served this team well. That playoff experience last year has mattered. They know how to get through a regular season together now. And I think that's why they're able to pace themselves a little bit. Why, you know, maybe there isn't as much panic over losses. Or when the urgency needs to creep up, the urgency's been there. And so I think that's something that happened in this first quarter of the season as Magic dipped their toes in the water. But now it's time to really swim. Now it's time to make that move, to make a push, to, to, to make some marquee wins, to, to beef up that resume, so to speak. There will be plenty of opportunities in this next 20 or so games. But the Magic are only going to do that if they find their identity. If they recommit defensively, consistently every night. If they make shots, which isn't a guarantee even if they're open. And ultimately, if they get all their pieces together working as a unit once again. It's been a little bit of a struggle this year, no doubt about it. The season hasn't started the way everyone expected it would. But the Magic clearly still have their work cut out for them. And the Magic still very clearly can achieve all their goals. But for the next 20 games, it's about solidifying that identity. This is when teams become who they are. This is when teams get into the grind. And the bad teams start to sink and the good teams start to rise. Which team will the Magic be? Treading water isn't going to do it. I don't think. Even with the injuries, treading water is going to do it. The Magic got to start putting together some quality wins and asserting themselves as the playoff team they are. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That task really starts tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll talk very briefly about the game tonight uh, against the Bucks. The Bucks have won 13 straight games. They have dominated opponents. They beat the Los Angeles Clippers by 29 They were up by 36 when their starters came out. This team has been as dominant as any other, and a lot of those games came with Chris Middleton on the shelf. To be frank, Giannis Antetokounmpo has looked like an an MVP candidate, has looked like the MVP again. I know there's buzz about Luka Doncic, there's buzz about LeBron James. It's still early. Uh, James Harden, I won't forget him. But Giannis has been just as good as he was last year. And the Bucs, kind of like the Magic, they have that institutional knowledge, they have that experience of being one of the best teams in the league. They know they're one of the best teams in the league, and they are playing like they're one of the best teams in the league. This is a team that swarms defensively. They don't give up a lot of paint shots, and so you've got to be able to hit from the outside against them. That's obviously a weakness the Magic have. They congest the paint, so you can, so they have a lot of long arms who force turnovers, and they convert on every turnover. Giannis Antetokounmpo in the open court is not something you want to see. In fact, I would argue when the Magic's win, lost to the Milwaukee Bucks earlier this year, the Magic defended Giannis, I felt, pretty well in the half court. I know he had 29 points in that game. 
But I felt like Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac both did a really good job on Giannis in the half court. When the Bucs had to set their offense, the Magic have the defensive weapons to contain Giannis. Not stop him, contain him. In that game, I believe Giannis had six or seven turnovers. So Orlando did a good job turning him over and, and, and making him struggle. Where they lost that game was the turn, their own turnovers, leading to fast breaks for the Bucs, and their inability to make shots, which lead to long rebounds, which lead to difficult, uh, difficult shots, and, and Milwaukee was able to, to run, run back at them. Orlando, that was the one game where Orlando really didn't give much of an effort. Um, Steve Clifford did his patented, uh, no question, press conference, uh, and it was clear, you know, the Magic really haven't played that poorly ever since. I mean, maybe the second half against Indiana was kind of a lackluster defensive effort. So Orlando's got to be willing to be physical. They got to be willing to get into Milwaukee. They got to be willing to turn this into a grinded out game. If this game is played at a breakneck pace, Milwaukee's going to win. Again, as I always say, Orlando should run when they can. I'm not against transition points. I don't think the Magic should stop every time they get a rebound and not get out in transition. That's not what I believe in. But I do believe this team does succeed and has a path to success, especially against these elite teams. When the fast break is not there, they slow it down and work through their offense. Again, pace is more about the speed in which you run your offense in the half court and the intensity you run your, your offense in the half court rather than the number of possessions you get per game. I, think, I really think that that's what coaches mostly mean when they talk about pace. And so this, this game is about half court pace. Play quick within your half court set but keep the possessions low. Don't let Milwaukee's offense get going. They are a very good defensive team. This is not going to be an easy task. I think Orlando's weakness defensively so far, especially over the last five or six games or since Nikola Vucevic went out, essentially, um, the Magic do have a tendency to go for blocks too much. They do have a tendency to sink into the paint a little bit too much, and they give up open three-pointers and kind of hope that you miss some against the Cavaliers on Friday. I thought they gave up a lot of open three-pointers. But that was part of the defensive strategy. They were daring the Cavs to beat them from the from the outside. Cavs couldn't do it. Magic won the game. Um, at Milwaukee is a team that will burn you from deep. If you give them open three-pointers, they will make them. So with that being said, Orlando has their work cut out for them. Milwaukee is a very, very good team. Um, Orlando's got to start winning these kinds of games at some point. they got to steal a few games from the elite teams. they got to start beating teams with winning records. I mean, obviously, I think that's the huge weakness on the Magic's resume. Is they're taking? I mean, if you take care of business against the teams that you're supposed to beat, you're going to make the playoffs. Um, there's enough bad teams to to stake to stake a pretty sizable win advantage, um, and then you got to beat some equal then teams. But at some point, you got to beat some of these over 500 teams if you want to be an over 500 team. Um, Orlando's going to get a lot of those opportunities coming up in this stretch, and we're going to see a lot of their character and a lot of their resolve coming up starting really this week. Again, I've I've, ter- I've termed this week and next week the gauntlet. Um, it is a very difficult stretch heading into the holidays, and you know, hopefully Nikola Vucevic will be back um, around Christmas. I, I, I would think that that's kind of the quietly quiet target date. I know, I know, four weeks would be December twenty third against the Bulls. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Vucevic comes back while they're on the West Coast trip. I was, I was optimistically targeting this week for him to come back. I, I don't think he'll be back this week from from all that I've heard. Um, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he's back during the road trip. It certainly wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I, I would expect him to be back before the new year, um, around Christmas. Um, but uh, overall, this Magic team has got to continue their offensive offensive outburst and continue making shots and moving the ball. Um, but then they've got to defend. And this game's going to come down to whether whether they can control the Bucks' pace defensively. And if they can, the Magic should come out with at least an opportunity to win. I don't know if they'll win, but at least an opportunity to win. Again, the big thing over the next week is compete, find a way to scratch out a win. If they could get one of these three, I think they'll be in good shape. Um, but... 
find just compete, just gain some confidence in competing and, and knowing that you can you can play with these teams, and that'll help you when you go out on the road against teams like Denver, against Utah, um, that you feel like you can at least have a chance to win. So, so big, 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 big week for the Magic. Starts tonight against Milwaukee Bucks. Should be a diff, should be a difficult game, but should be a fun one. I, I do think the Magic have have some matchup uh, not advantages, but the ability to match up with this Bucks team, but it's going to take a lot of discipline defensively, and frankly, it's a discipline the Magic haven't always showed of late. So it, it definitely going to need some focus tonight to get the job done. The Magic tip off against the Milwaukee Bucks at 8 o'clock. You can catch that game, of course, on Fox Sports Florida. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. We'll be back again tomorrow with a recap of the Magic's game against the Milwaukee Bucks, but until then... Uh, you can follow the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprrmd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.